Hello, my name is Jordan Tardo, and I'm the lead pastor at Experience Church. I'd like to take a moment and just say thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast today. I hope this message blesses you. I hope it encourages you. I hope it strengthens you for what God has called you to today. We've been in this series called Ten, uh, and it's not the Ten Commandments. It's actually we're talking about the Ten Qualities of a Disciple. Jesus, in all throughout his Gospels, he talks about the importance of being a disciple of Christ. And so we've been talking about what that looks like and not just believing in him. And it starts with believing in him. You can't be a disciple without believing. So it starts with believing. The scripture says if we confess with our mouths and believe in our hearts that Jesus is Lord and that he was raised from the dead, the Bible says we'll be saved. So it starts with believing. But then our, our belief has to go into action. James talks about faith without works is dead. So it's talking about this concept of, yes, we believe. It starts with believing. But then there's this lifestyle, this action that happens in my life. This is overflow of me believing. And that's walking out and becoming more like Christ, a disciple of Christ. And so we've been talking about different qualities. What does that look like? The first week we talked about a quality is fully following Jesus. And last week we talked about loving like Christ. And these are not in order. So it's not like, okay, two's better than three and three's better than five and five. It's just we've, we've, as we've studied the scripture, we've seen 10 different things. And there's many more, but we're going to talk about 10 of them uh, on different qualities of what it looks like to really be a disciple of Christ. Today I want to talk to you about the third quality, and that is the heart of a servant. A disciple has a heart to serve, the heart to serve. And I want to show you the text that we've been reading all month long in Matthew chapter 28, really the text for the whole series. It says, therefore, go and make disciples to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you, and surely I will be with, be with you to the very end, always to the very end of the age. This is Jesus speaking, and he's risen from the dead, and he's about to ascend into heaven, and he tells his disciples, hey, I want you to go and make disciples to all nations. And he says, teaching them to obey all the commands. doesn't say teach them to learn all the commands. It doesn't say teach them to believe in all the commands. Believing so important, but then there's another step, and he says teaching them to obey to walk and obey all the commands, walking and living like a disciple. I want to talk to you about what it looks like to have the heart to serve today. In Philippians chapter 2 and verse 3, it says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking up the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. The scripture says right here in Philippians that Jesus, he chose to take the humble way of a servant, choosing to lay his life down for you and I. And it says in the very beginning, I love in verse three, it says, don't, don't do anything with selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. I wrote this down as a thought that believers serve self first, disciples serve others first. 
Believers serve self first. Disciples serve others first. He says, don't look to your own interest, but to the interest of others. He says, instead, in value, rather in humility, value others above yourselves. Mark chapter 9 in verse 33, Jesus is on the road to Capernaum and he's meeting with his disciples and they're talking, they're following him. He says they came to Capernaum when he was in the house and he asked them, what were you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had been arguing about who was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. Disciples are following Jesus and they're on this road to Capernaum and they're arguing behind Jesus, talking about, oh yeah, he loves me more than you. And oh yeah, I do more miracles. He's been walking with me and I, I'm gonna do more miracles than you. And in fact, they even talk about who, and they ask who will be at his, his right hand, who will be the closest in heaven, who will be sitting closest to him, who will have the, the greatest seat. And Jesus comes and says, hold on a second, hold on a second. He says, I want you to know if you wanna be first, you need to take last place. Because in Matthew chapter 20, if you want to read again, same scripture, uh, same uh, uh, story, but different uh, verse. It says, but among you, it will be different. Whoever wants to be a leader among you must be your servant. And whoever wants to be first among you must become your servant. For, must, must become a servant, excuse me. And for even the son of man came not to be served, but to serve others and give his life as a ransom for many. They're arguing who's the greatest, who's going to be first, who's going to be the best. And Jesus says, okay, I want you to know this. If you really want to be first, you got to take the last place. He says, because the son of man himself didn't come to be served, but to serve others. If anybody deserved to be first place, if anybody deserved to be first, it was Jesus. He says, but that's not why I've come. I didn't come to be served, but to serve others. And so we see in this text how these disciples were looking and seeking self and trying to put self first. And he says, no, that's not what I want you to do. I want you to put others first. Put others' interests above your own. It's interesting because as humans, human nature, nobody likes being last. I've never talked to somebody and like, man, let me tell you something. Being in last place is the most incredible thing on the planet. I've never met with somebody that was a coach or a, or a teammate, a player or something, and said, man, when you were on the field or when you were on the court or when you were doing your thing, how did it make you feel when you came in last place? That must have been incredible. And they said, man, let me tell you something. It was the best feeling in the whole world. Maybe when you were growing up and you were getting picked on a team and there was a football team or a basketball team or a cheer team or something and you and your friends and y'all were out in the playground and, and they start picking people and your name isn't picked yet. And it gets to the last person and then, oh, there, here comes your name. I hate to tell you, it doesn't make you feel like a million bucks. In fact, we all like getting picked first. Something about human nature tells us first means better. And here's what's interesting. Jesus comes along the scene. This is what the disciples are thinking. Jesus comes along the scene and says, hey, 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 whoa, 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 whoa. I want you to know, first is not first. Last is first. In fact, first is last and last is first. He flips upside down the concept of how humans think. So I want you to put others first. I want you to serve others first. I want you to put others' interests above yourself. How often is it when we're in our workplace are we thinking of others' interests first? How often in our homes are we thinking of others' interests first? How often in our neighborhoods are we thinking of others' interests first? 
It's so easy, human nature, to think of self first. And Jesus comes along and says, no, I want you to have the heart to serve. I want you to put others before yourself. It's so important that we understand this and we do this. Why? Because it's a commandment. Jesus says, I want you, I'm telling you to go and serve. Be people that serve others. And so it's not just we're doing it to be good Christians. No, we're doing it because we desire to obey him with our lives. And it's a, a, it's a heart of honor to him as we choose to put others above ourselves. Thinking of others first. Philippians chapter two and verse five. It says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature, God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant. Being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. It says he didn't use it for his own advantage, but he chose to come humbly said the very nature of a servant. I wrote this down. Believers serve for personal gain. Disciples serve from a place of gratitude. For personal gain. It's so easy to serve someone around us for the concept of how is this going to benefit me? The thought process of is I, if I do this, I'm going to get dot, dot, dot in return. And Jesus says, listen, I didn't do this for my own advantage. I didn't do it for personal gain. This is what those disciples were doing. They were following Jesus, these men who believed in Jesus, and they were following him with their lives, but yet they still were putting their thought process and their personal gain above. And they're like, Jesus, we want to sit at the right hand, and Jesus, who's going to be the greatest among us? And they were concerned with personal gain, and Jesus says, no, I don't, I don't want you to do that. Why? Because the Son of Man didn't come to be served, but to serve others. And here's what I know. We really can't, I'll say it this way. We serve others based on the level of our understanding of how much Jesus has served us. We serve others based on the level of understanding on how Jesus served us. Jesus, the scripture says, came as a humble servant and gave his life for you and I. John chapter 13 and verse 12, it says, after washing their feet, Jesus is washing the disciples' feet and he's showing them the heart of a servant. He's serving them and it says, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, you are right because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Jesus is showing us a picture of his heart. He's serving the disciples. And you're like, oh, well, I wasn't there. He, he, didn't, he didn't wash my feet. Well, here's what he's showing us. He's showing us a picture of his heart, and he's serving the disciples' feet. And he says, listen, I want you to go. I'm giving you an example. I want you to go and do the same to others around you. Now, you may say, well, does that mean Jesus wants us to wash each, wash each other's feet? I'm going to be honest. Some of y'all got some stanked up feet. Some of y'all's feet, you'd be looking like an ogre. You know what I'm saying? You'd be looking like Shrek with your feet. It's all good. We're praying for you. We believe you. You know, we're, we're believing for you. I don't know if you, about you, but I've never been to a party where people are hanging out like, hey, let's watch the game or, hey, let, let, let's just hang out, play some games. And, and all of a sudden, somebody comes out with a wash bowl and like, hey, well, let's wash each other's feet. I'm going to be honest with you. He gone. I'm out. You ain't, you ain't touching my feet and I definitely ain't touching your feet. 
That's not necessarily what Jesus is talking about. Jesus isn't talking about that we need to get around and we need to all wash each other's feet. Maybe God puts that on your heart. That's something totally different. But what Jesus is saying is this. I'm giving you an example to be the lowest and saying, I'm gonna serve others, not for my own gain, for, but for out of a heart of gratitude of knowing how much he has served me. Oh, well, he hasn't, he hasn't washed my feet. No, he did something so much greater. He washed away our sin. And so here's where we are. We, we serve others out of the place of gratitude of knowing he's washed my sin away. And so now when the person at the workplace is agitating me, it's easy for me to respond in serving. Why? Because I understand how much the God of the universe has served me. But when we get caught up in our own circumstances and our own frustrations, it's so easy to just get just tunnel vision on what's happening around us and we can forget how much Jesus has served you and I. That's why we should always live from a place of gratitude and gratefulness of what he's done for us because it's easy to turn around and love somebody and serve somebody else. It's interesting as humans especially if you've been in church for a while or grew up in church. It's so easy for us to, to just talk about the gospel story and talk about what Jesus did and, it's, and, and know what he did and be, and, and, and be grateful for what he did, but not then apply what he did from a heart of gratitude to those around us. It's so vital that we would be humans that would say, I'm not going to serve someone for personal gain. I'm going to serve someone out of the heart of gratitude because I know what Jesus did for me. And I could never repay Jesus. No, no person you serve on this planet could ever repay what he did for us. But here's what we do. It's not to repay him. It's that we see what he's done for us. And now from gratitude, from our heart of gratitude, we desire to respond and serve those around us. So vital that we would do this and understand this. And it's interesting because the world says, get ahead. The world says, get in first place. The world says, serve people around you in your workplace so others will see you and so that you can get that promotion. The world says, serve people around you in your community so you can have influence or serve, and so you can have all this, whatever it may be. And it's interesting because, again, Jesus and the gospel is so upside down from culture. And it's interesting because as we serve others, here's what happens. Not getting ahead, not cutting corners, not throwing people under the bus, but when we serve others, here's what happens. We're actually growing. Why? Here's why. Because every single time we serve, every single time you serve someone, a little bit of self is dying. Every time we serve someone, a little bit of self is dying. And here's what happens. The scripture says, Jesus talks about it. He says, hey, if you want to be my disciples, you must take up your cross, deny yourself, and follow me. Here's what happens. When a little bit more of self dies every day, every time we serve, a little bit of self is dying. And when a little bit of self is dying, here's what happens. We become a little bit more like Christ each time. And so when we serve, here's what happens. We actually are growing. Why? Because a little bit of self is dying. And so we're growing into becoming more like Christ. We're not growing to be more famous and to be seen more and by people to care about us more or love us more. No, we're serving because our heart is the desire to be more like Christ. And as we do this, we see a little bit of self continue to die. And here's what's interesting. The more like Christ we become, the more abundant life we live. 
And so the world says, no, get ahead and, and, and run over people and do all this other stuff to get, to get on top when Jesus says, no, come and serve. Why? Because you serve, a little bit of self is dying. As a little bit of self dies, you become more like Christ. And you become more like Christ, you, become more, you begin to live more in the abundant life that he has for you and I. Serving. Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 31 says, for this reason, a man must leave his father and his mother and be united to the wife, and the two will become one flesh. This is the profound mystery, but I am talking about Christ and the church. However, each of one of you also must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. So important that we would be people that put others first and that we serve from a place of gratitude. Then I wrote this down. Believers serve their families to get. Disciples serve their family to give. He says, here's what he says. He says, I want you to love one another. He says, I want you to, husbands, love your wives as Christ loves the church and as you, as you love your, him, his own self, as you love your own self, love your spouse. And he says, wives must respect their husbands. It's interesting because oftentimes what we do is we get to the place of where we'll love based on how we've been loved. It's interesting because the text doesn't say, husbands, love your wives if your, if your wives have given you the respect or the honor that you want. It doesn't say, wives, love and honor your, your husband if he gives you the love that you want or desire or need. It says, do it. Why? Because he's saying, I want, you to, I want you to learn to serve one another first. It's interesting because when we first get married, for those that are married in the room, I'm going to talk to singles in a minute too, but for those that are married in the room and online, it's interesting how we can, when you go back to when you were, you were dating and when you were engaged and, oh, it's all just butterflies and, oh, you know, we're saying I do. And what you're saying I do, you know, we ju I just did a ceremony last night for a wedding and, I, and you know, you're saying you, you're choosing them first for the rest of your life and they're like I do and everybody's like oh you're dating and you're you're willing to watch whatever you want to watch on you babe whatever you want you're no honey it's what your first year of marriage I'll watch bachelorette with you totally fine let's watch but then you get married for a little while and you're like you better give me the remote right now <laughs> yeah you know who you are but here's what's interesting. We take this text and culture tries to distort this text and focus on words that we can consider negative like respect or honor. And here's what's interesting. We can miss the whole concept of what Christ is saying. And that is this, that ladies in your life, there is nobody on the planet that, does, that craves your honor more than your husband. The whole world can honor him. He can be a CEO, a boss, a multi-billionaire. He can have all the fame and all the name and all the stuff, but no, he craves no honor more than yours. Fellas, she can be the most beautiful, most wise, most influential, most incredible person that everybody loves and everybody adores and everybody affirms, but she craves nobody's love more than yours. 
Here's what happens. The, the culture says, live your life, do your thing, wait to be served and then serve. But here's what God says. God says, no, I want you to come. I want you to serve your family. Give of yourself. This is what the heart of a servant looks like. And so we go from a place of honor. Ladies, we go from a place of honor. Instead of honoring, we start to control. Fellas, you go from a place instead of loving to starting to disengage. And next thing you know, because of this, because we're so caught up in our own selfishness, we can miss the opportunity to grow relationally with one another. I don't care how you feel. I'm telling you, there's nobody on the planet that they desire to be honored from, ladies, more than you. And I don't care how you feel, fellas, there's nobody she desires to receive love from more than you. So here's the question I have to ask ourselves. We're talking about serving. We're talking about living like Jesus. And here's what I know. There is nobody on the planet that we should be serving more than our families. Here's the question. How are you serving your spouse today? Because I know this. We can get in front of a church, a group of people, and have the right clothes on. We can come and we can serve in our local church. We can serve in our communities on the boards. And we can serve in, in our workplaces. And we can do all these things. And that's all great. But let me tell you something. I'm telling you a thousand times over. If we're not serving in the home, we're off. In fact, I would go so far as to say this. I would say we're nothing more than a bunch of hypocrites because it starts in the home. Bible says right after this, we just read in Ephesians 5, right very next text, chapter 6 and verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord because you belong to the Lord. For this is the right thing to do. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise. If you honor your father and your mother, things will go well for you and you will have a long life on earth. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Rather, bring them up with discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Marriage, you're, you're meant to serve. We're meant to serve one another. But then also, children, you're meant to honor, serve your parents. Those that are young in the room and maybe you're in college and you're, you're living your own life, I'm doing my own thing, I'm, trying, I'm getting to the place where it's my time, it's me, it's my time to live. And let me just tell you something, there is such a great blessing that comes to, for a willingness that you desire to serve your parents. Your parents are not just there to serve you. We're meant to honor them and serve them. And then I love it. He doesn't stop there. He says, fathers, don't provoke. He's talking about our, the parents. Parents, we're called to serve our children. We are called to serve our children. Oh, well, I'm there to give the discipline, and I'm there, I'm there to make sure they do the right things. Yeah, that's true. I love that in the scripture. He says to, to discipline them and instruct them in the ways of the Lord. Yes, we're supposed to bring discipline and instruction, but it also starts with serving them. Caring for them, honoring them. Here's the question in our homes. Are we really giving examples for those that, are, are, uh, that have children in their homes? Are we really being examples at home of what it looks like to serve? Because here's what I know. I would say selfishness is the greatest enemy of serving our homes. And here's what I know. We talk about the next generation. We talk about the, the Gen Z. Come on, y'all know what I'm saying? The Gen Z, they got all these words that nobody understands. You know what I'm saying? They be saying words like, like sus, and you're like, what does that mean? You know what I'm saying? 
You see what I'm talking about? Y'all, the young people know. They'd be saying things like bet, and you're like, bet what? What are we betting? Like, man, let's go eat. They're like, bet. <laughs> betting what? But here's what happens. They're gonna have, there can be all this negativity that we talk about the next generation of, oh, man, they're so selfish. They're so entitled. They're so caught up in all themselves. Well, here's what I have to say. Where have they learned that from? Because let me tell you something, oftentimes people replicate what they've seen in the home. If we're not teaching it in the home, how in the world can we expect them to respond differently in the world? Because the world is filled with selfishness. And so we are called, hear me, as, a, as, a, as, as people who say we want to be followers of Jesus, we are called to be people that, sh that model and show the next generation what serving really looks like. And that's putting your spouse before yourself. That's putting your children before yourself. That's putting your spouse and your children your, your, and your parents above your needs of what you think needs to happen in your life and saying, no, I want to model what Jesus modeled. Why? Because I want to give you a picture of what the heart of a servant really looks like. Here's the question. How are you serving your family today? How are you honoring and serving your family today? Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 14. It says, then we will no longer be immature like children. We won't be tossed and blown about by every wind of new teaching. We will not be influenced when people try to trick us with lies so clever they sound like the truth. Instead, we will speak the truth in love growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of the body, of his body, the church, who is the head of his body, the church. He, he makes the whole body fit together perfectly as each part does its own special work. It helps the other parts grow so that the whole body is healthy and growing and full of love. God's called us to be a people that serve, put others before ourselves, not for, for our own personal gain, but out of a heart of gratitude that we would serve our families, but also that we would serve the body of Christ. And he says this, that we would all use our own special work to help the, the body grow and to the, for the whole body to be healthy and strong. I wrote this down, believers are consumers, disciples are contributors. It's interesting because these disciples, they were so concerned about getting from Jesus. They were following Jesus. They believed in Jesus, but they were so concerned about getting something from Jesus that they missed that Jesus wanted them to go out and live, serving others, contributing. And it's interesting because here in the scripture, he says the body, the church is the body of Christ. And the Bible says he is the head of the church. Well, here's what's interesting. We oftentimes will serve the church because we think we're serving an organization. Or we think we're serving a person, a pastor, 
Oh, well, I want to I want to serve and experience church because because Pastor Jordan can speak good or Pastor Jordan's got this. So I, I want to serve the church or I want to I want to make sure I'm serving because this organization I want to see it grow. But in fact, the Scripture says that the church is the body of Christ. So when we serve, we're not helping someone else. We're we're helping him grow his body and strengthen his body. We have this mindset, this concept that we have to be people that if we serve, it's because, well, well uh, I'm, I'm helping so-and-so. And No, no, you're not, you're not helping me. You're helping Jesus. I'm not the owner of the church. I'm not the head of the church. Jesus is. And our hearts should be that we desire to see his body strengthened and whole. Recently, Many times, but recently we went to an Airbnb and stayed in an Airbnb. I don't know if y'all have ever stayed at an Airbnb or VRBO or BRVBOBOZ, whatever. <laughs> stayed in a, 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 VR, a, a Airbnb, a VBR, EVREB. <laughs> we stayed in an Airbnb and I walk in and I'm looking around, making sure everything looks the way it's supposed to look. Like, look under the sheets, make sure there's no dirty. Like, I'm going, walking around, making sure everything's right. I, I see some things that are wrong. I see some things that are a little out of place. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. Oh, yeah, that. I'm like, man, they should be doing better at this. Here's what's interesting. You can walk in as renter of the Airbnb. I can easily specifically point out things that are wrong. Well, here's the thing. The owner of the Airbnb can walk in and see the exact same things, but the owner has a completely different perspective. Here's the perspective of me as a renter is this. I come in and they need to fix these things to give me a better experience. But the Airbnb owner sees them and he says, how can I make these things better so they can give other people a better experience? It's the same thing with the church. As consumers, we come in and we say, oh, well, the worship's not the way it should be. It's not the songs that I like or the music's too loud or that drummer, man, he hits those cymbals hard and oh boy, do they ever. Oh man, the messages aren't the way, they're not, the scripture's not the way or the word's not the way or whatever it may be. And we can have all these things of what we see that are wrong. Like, okay, fix them so that I can have a better experience. Notice what I said there, experience. <laughs> but a contributor says this, and this is what Jesus says we're to do, that we come in and say, okay, yeah, we see those flaws. Why? Because we're all human. We all have things in us, about us, that are flawed. And so we see those flaws, but here's what I want to do. I want to come in and say, how can I make it better so that visitors that come in can have a better experience of who Jesus is? This is why we serve. This is why we serve the body of Christ. It's not so that we can check off a box, say, man, I did a good job today serving the church. Woo, I served the church. Woo, served Pastor Jordan. Woo, served, woo. No, here's why we serve. We serve because we want people to be able to come in and we wanna use, I love it. He says, all of us have special gifts. We wanna all use our special gifts so that we can continue to strengthen the body so that other people can see Jesus through us so that other people can experience Jesus through us. I don't know, honestly, I don't know better, much better of a way. I'll say it this way. 
for people to experience Jesus than when they're being served. I don't know many better ways that people can see and experience Jesus than when, when they're being served. And the contributor, the disciple says, I want to be a part of that. I want to help strengthen the body. I want to help continue to, to, to make the body healthy and grow, not just in numbers and size, but also in depth, helping people know him and walk with him as I continue to know him and walk with him as well. Here's the question we have to ask ourselves. The scripture talks about we all use our special gifts, gifts to help grow and strengthen the body. Here's the question that we have to all ask ourselves. What are you doing today? What are you doing to help strengthen and grow the body of Christ? What are you personally doing to help strengthen and grow the body of Christ? Because this is what we're called to do as disciples. It's to serve one another in such a way that we say, yeah, we have faults. Yeah, we're all broken. Yeah, we all have issues, but we're coming together. And again, I don't think we can give people a better picture of Jesus than when a bunch of people that look different, that sound different, that act different, that talk different, that come from different backgrounds, that have different social statuses, that when we all come together and we're saying we're all in unity, desiring to show others who Jesus really is. It doesn't matter where you serve. It's just this. God, what have you put in my heart? What giftings have you given me to be able to show and shine you to others? Just recently, when Kenny preaches, one of my favorite things to do, some of y'all probably saw me, some of you may not, one of my favorite things to do is not preach. One of my favorite things to do is to serve in the parking lot. So just a few weeks ago, Kenny was preaching, and I was taking a weekend off from preaching, and I was like, oh, man, I can't wait to stop for not preaching. I'm, I'm out there in the parking lot. I was serving in the parking lot. I had somebody come up to me. I, had all, I have all kinds of people come up to me all the time. I love you. But they all come up to me like, like why are you out here? Like, what are you, do, what are you doing? Like, what, and they're like, oh, I'm late. I'm sorry. I'm like, I'm not out here checking what time you show up. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's all good. Chill out. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's cool. Somebody walked up to me like, hey, hey is, is the parking lot struggling? I was like, no, what do you mean? I said, oh, well, why, you're out here, so the parking lot must be struggling. I was like, no. Like, oh, well, did you get in trouble? I was like, is this detention? What are you talking about? They said, oh, well, like, you're, you're out here. This is, this is not your job. And I was like, whoa, whoa. I said, here's my job. I said, my job is to serve the body of Christ. It's not just to preach. My heart is, I don't care where it is. I want to serve. Why? Because I know as we serve together, we're strengthening one another to shine the love of Jesus. So it doesn't matter where you serve. But I do know this. God's called all of us, if you call yourself a follower of Jesus, to serve the body of Christ so that we can continue to strengthen one another for those that are coming behind us. Here's the question. What are you personally doing to help strengthen and grow 
the body of Christ. If this is not your home church, we don't want you serving here. We want you serving in your home church. Why? Because here's the important thing, that your home church needs you. If this is your home church, we need you. Why? Because without you, this is the craziest thing. Like without you, we're not giving the full picture. That's just the responsibility. It's crazy. It's like, oh, no, 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 you don't need me. Yes, we do. Why? Because there's a glimpse of there's a greater shine when you come in and you start to serve. It's just what happens. We all collectively strengthen the body. We continue to show the love of Jesus in a way we never could without you. You're not serving me. You're not serving an organization. We're not serving a name. Actually, we are serving a name. And his name is Jesus. That's the heart that I believe God does, desires for us to have. As I close, Mark chapter 9 and verse 34 is close. But they didn't answer. They had been arguing about which of them was the greatest. He sat down, called the 12 disciples over to him and said, whoever wants to be first must take last place and be the servant of everyone else. As I close, believers serve to succeed. Disciples serve for others to succeed. They were arguing about which one of them was the greatest. Who is going to succeed? Who is going to be the best? Who is going to be the most successful? It's interesting because oftentimes as humans, this is where we go. How can I serve to, to continue to succeed in the areas I desire to succeed in? But what if it looked different? What if we were meant and called to serve others, to help them become successful. This is what Jesus did. He served the disciples for three years before he got on a cross. He served them. He washed their feet. He was showing them a picture. Why? Because he wanted them to know he wasn't just coming to make himself successful. He was coming to help them be successful in, how, in what he created them to do. I believe this, that we need one another to help each other truly succeed in who God has called us all to be. But here's the question we have to ask ourselves in your workplace. Are you quick to help someone else succeed? In your neighborhoods, are you quick to help someone else succeed? In your homes, are you quick to help someone else succeed? Lifting them up, not our success, theirs. The greatest leaders, the greatest bosses, the greatest husbands, the greatest wives, the greatest children, the greatest neighbors are all ones that say this. I want to do whatever it takes to make you successful. And here's what's so interesting when we're willing to serve in such a way, here's the most craziest thing. When we start to serve in that way where our heart is to make them successful and not our, ourselves, the most crazy thing happens. Something God does and he ends up making us more successful. He ends up making your relationships stronger. He ends up making your, 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 your finances better. He ends up giving you those promotions. Why? Because it's so upside down from what the world says. It's not get on top. No, it's, it's get, on, get as low as you can and serve. Why? Because you want to see somebody else around you succeed. And next thing you know, the very people that you want to see succeed, they want to help you succeed. And next thing you know, you're growing in a way you never could have when you were just trying to get on top. 
The greatest people on this planet, the ones that are the most attractive, are ones who want to see others around them succeed. Not for personal gain. See, some of us, we want our children to succeed because you want to look good in front of your other, the other parents. Yep, that's my kid. Yep, they know all the lines and your kid doesn't. Yep, he's the one that made the tackle and your kid is still on the ground. Not, no, 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 that's not what we serve. That's not how we want our children to succeed. We want our children to succeed in this. We want our, our neighbors to succeed in this. We want our, our friends to succeed in this. We want our, our spouse to It's in this concept, the concept of this, that we would be people that serve in such a way that they would continue to see Jesus through us. And through our serving, they would see Jesus and desire to know Jesus more. Here's the question as I close. The heart to serve. How you doing with that? What does it look like in your life day in, day out? Because it's easy to listen to. It's easy to talk about. But how you doing with that? Can I challenge you? No matter where you may be, I believe God is calling us to a deeper level of serving one another. And when we do, the most incredible thing happens, a little bit of self dies. And as a little bit of self dies, we become a little bit more like Christ. And as we become a little bit more like Christ, we walk in that abundant life that we all desire to live. And it all starts with serving others. Can I challenge you? Let us be a people that desire, that look to, that are always wanting to find others in ways that we can serve. Because our heart is that we would continue to live and be more like Christ. Amen. Amen. Would you stand with me as we pray today? God.